Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Thursday, December 10 of 2020. And boy, are there so many exciting things happening right now all over the world. Uh, That's why we consider that this time that we have with all our listeners is such of an importance as we speak uh, through a prophetic lens of what's taking place in such an hour. Therefore, we want to welcome all our listeners uh, to this podcast. Uh, we're so glad that you could join us. Uh, we're so glad that you could take out of your time to be with us as we discuss these things, as we look into what God is saying in this hour. And so we're going to get into the Word of God today. We've been in the book of Daniel slash Revelation and slash everywhere in the Word of God, just really looking into uh, these things uh, that we've been uh, discussing about. And uh, today we're going to continue with our discussion. And with the Lord's help, we pray that you will be blessed and that you will be challenged, that you will be encouraged with the study of the Word. Joining us today in our panel is Brother Marty and Brother Fernando. As always, my brothers, it's a joy and an honor to be able to study the Word of God together along with our listening audiences. So, Brother Marty, I'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we continue to study the Word of God together. Praise the Lord. We're looking forward to today's podcast. By the grace of the Lord, we continue to stand on the battlefield of our times, and we are proclaiming to our brothers and sisters, hold the line. We are the church of the living God, and we have nothing to fear uh, if we know him. And that is what we endeavor to do, is to is to battle on, to continue to move ahead and move forward, and to lift up the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're encouraging you, we pray, to do the same for you uh, and, and each of us individually first, and then to our families, our many loved ones, and our communities round about us. It is now the most vital time, in our opinion, for the Church of of, of the Lord. Probably uh, a crisis moment in this country, like we've never seen before. We really believe that that the uh, the very soul, as Brother Jeremy so beautifully prayed before we started our podcast, the very soul of the nation is being contested over. And unless the Lord God intervenes, the days ahead are not necessarily the kind of days we had hoped to see. And I think that even in these final moments before we close out 2020, that that what's really happening is God is yet extending his hand of grace. And he is yet asking his people, will you even now turn and pray and ask me to heal your land? And and that is the question. And And whatever the outcome, we do know this that the signs are all around us. The word of God that we've been exploring appears to be directing and guiding us and above all revealing to us that the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we know from the word of God that there are many days that lie ahead that are not exactly pleasant, especially according to the prophetic scriptures. But this is precisely why we come to you every single day. This is precisely why we are endeavoring, uh, in spite of ourselves and our weariness and the battles that we face, we continue to dig into the Word 
And we also ask for the strength of the Lord, like he gave to our father Jacob, who wrestled with God and said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. That is what we seek. We seek to hold on to the Lord uh, and and not let him go until that blessed hope um, returns. I just want to say before we begin, I encourage you to open your Bibles today uh, to the book of Daniel, Prophet Daniel. Um, chapter 6. We're going to be reading verse 4 and 5. I'm going to ask Brother Jeremy to read that, but I'm also going to ask our listening audience out there as we record today on December the 10th. Uh, Brother Jeremy has uh, has a prayer request for his wife, Sister Shirley. Her name is Shirley. And those of you who pray, we ask that you would pray for her. She's, she's a bit under the weather, not feeling well. And I know many times uh, mothers um, you know, burdens that they bear um, go unnoticed. But uh, she's a woman of God, uh, and she takes care of her husband and her children. She's a godly woman, and she's just feeling a bit under the weather. So we ask that you would join with us to to pray for her as we pray for her now across this network. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Sister Shirley. We thank you uh, for the strength that you minister uh, through her to her children to her husband, to those that love her and know her and her family. We ask that you would send your healing virtue to her right now and and allow her, O oh Lord, to rise from this bed of affliction, uh, renewed and refreshed and absolutely and completely healed, we pray. Whatever the situation, whatever the virus, whatever the disease, whatever the, the infirmity or the malady is, we know that the name of Jesus is greater and so we ask in his name that she would be healed and that you would send your presence even now to comfort her and father we also pray for our listening audience whatever their needs may be whatever they're feeling whether it's uh, anxious in their minds sad in their hearts uh, a financial need a, a loved one whatever the need may be we pray for them as well now and we thank you father for hearing our prayer we bless Sister Shirley, we bless the listening audience. And above all, we bless thee, dear Lord. And we thank you for hearing our prayer, which we pray. We pray in the Holy Spirit and truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Would you read, uh, Brother Jeremy, to us, begin our study today? We won't be long today, but we're going to look at some things as we head into the weekend tomorrow. Uh, We're continuing our studies uh, in the prophetic uh, scriptures and the writings of the Holy Prophets. And uh, so could you start us off today, brother, uh, with Prophet Daniel chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, in Jesus' name. Amen. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. (laughs) My mind. So we cannot find any fault in him. The only way we can get at him is, is try to get him to, uh, to break the law of his God. And of course, so we're going to look into those things and, and we're going to look at it from the from the prophetic perspective of what the 
the precious prophet Daniel actually had to endure, but the victory and the boldness by which he conducted himself in, in the time of a global reset. But as we have seen, you know, the writings of the prophet Daniel reach all the way to what the angel of the Lord, the angel Gabriel, told Daniel. That the prophecies that Daniel had seen, and in the writings of the book of Daniel, really, that they would extend all the way to the end times. The angel Gabriel also told him that the prophecies uh, would be sealed until the time of the end. And he said that they would, at that time, begin to be opened up for a final generation that the angel called the wise. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4 and 10, you can read that there. <clears throat> that the wise, by revelation of the Holy Spirit, would begin to see and would begin to understand the very things that had been concealed from all the generations since Daniel's time leading up to the time of the end that specifically the time of the end, the prophecies and the writings of the holy prophets would be unlocked and revealed in a way that really, quite frankly, had not been. Probably since the early church when the Apostle Paul received the revelation of the New Testament, as he wrote 14 books of the New Testament, saying that what he wrote he received by revelation of the Spirit. It is the same idea as we've come into these times that how we will see will be given to us by the spirit now last week uh brother fernando reminded us uh of another key uh when he quoted to us what the apostle paul had told us uh in in his writing to the gentile church in corinth in first corinthians chapter 10 verse 11 i think it is he said all these things that happened to them were for examples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come. So this is precisely why we look at the prophetic parallels that are recorded in the Word of God and in the prophet's writings and in the history behind their times. It is that history that is meant to guide us, especially as we see prophecy unfolding and being fulfilled right before our eyes in this, what what we believe could very well be uh, the final times of history. You know, there's always been opposition in in the theology of leadership, especially when selected generations of prophetic fulfillment come up under the heat and the scrutiny of prophetic days. We believe that's happening right now. Prophetic days, they separate. They, div they divide. Uh, they, they refine uh, the church of God. They refine the people of God. And light really is separated from darkness, especially when prophecy is being fulfilled. You know, I was thinking about that this morning, brothers, and, and such was the case in Jeremiah's day. We will be discussing Daniel briefly at the end of today's teaching. But as I began to think about this, because remember, Daniel governed himself based on the writings of the book of Jeremiah. When you read Daniel chapter 9, he said, I understood by the reading of the prophet's books 
the number of years that Jeremiah had prophesied uh, that would have to transpire before we would be released from our captivity and returned to Jerusalem. So, you know, it, it was it was the same in Jeremiah's day. When the heat of prophecy was being fulfilled in the time of the captivity, opposition to Jeremiah's word and what he was preaching was incredibly intense because what he taught, it was contrary to what the preachers had been, <laughs> had been telling the people. Of, of their time, right? It, it's important, I think, therefore, and this is how the Spirit led me this morning, I believe, and I say that humbly so. It's important before we go on to Daniel chapter 6 in its fullness, I think that we need to understand a little bit more of the background that brought Daniel to this point, because he was living up underneath prophecies that were being fulfilled that had been recorded in the prophets of old and in the contemporary prophet of his times, which was Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and and the such. So <clears throat> we want to look at something as we head on in this study today, because what we're talking about is the rise of the global reset and what, what happened and the characteristics of it that happened in Daniel's time are being fulfilled again in their fullness in our time, quite possibly it's already beginning. And so we want to look back first and foremost at what we can anticipate happening and what has been happening really um, up underneath these kinds of times. And, I, and, and it's with that that we can learn some things. Uh, and, and let's just take a brief look at this in, in, the, in the writings of the book of Jeremiah. Brother Jeremy, could you turn over there, please? Jeremiah chapter 29, I'd like to go to. If you could read to us verse 27 and 28. And brothers, please jump in as we get into these scriptures as the Lord um, prompts you to do so. Jeremiah 29, verse 27 and 28. Now, therefore, why hast thou not reproved Jeremiah of Anathoth, which maketh himself a prophet to you? For therefore he sent unto us in Babylon, saying, This captivity is long build the houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Incredible. So <clears throat> what we're looking at here is, is what was actually transpiring. The people of God had come up underneath captivity. Daniel was one of those that was led captive. And, and there was a struggle that began to take place amongst the preachers and amongst the ruling establishment, the religious elite, if you will. And Jeremiah was being brought into question because of what he was saying, uh, as we'll see here in a second. And Daniel would be exposed to these, these controversies. Now listen, we need to remember that the prophet Daniel, he understood again, like we were saying, precisely because he had studied the word of God, he understood the times by the writings of the prophets, specifically Jeremiah's writings. And that's what we quoted earlier, Daniel chapter 9. He said, I understood by books the time by reading Jeremiah's prophecies. So like in their times, what I believe the Lord is wanting us to understand as we go forward is that the establishment will seek uh, to refute. It, they will come against established uh, church doctrine, not biblical doctrine, but the the inventions of men, we 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 kind of like really bore down uh, on the 
pre-tribulation camp, right? <laughs> the prophetic mm -hmm. understanding of those who are telling the church and have for many, almost a hundred years now, uh, that Jesus is going to come back and we're going to all escape from this, this, uh, this tribulation that's coming or that's, that's beginning. We're all going to just get out of here. And, and in many senses, that's what I sense is happening uh, and was happening in their day. Because remember what we just read there? What was coming against him was the fact that Jeremiah said, wait, it ain't going to be like that. The captivity is going to be long. And we'll look at that in a second. But I want you to understand that what we learn from this in these times of global shifting, uh, empires rising, empires falling, the global reset, they're all preaching to everybody. What we want to focus on is how how do we govern ourselves as the church in these times? The world is going to be what it is. Things are going to happen as they're meant to happen because they're written. But we need to focus on how do we hone in and, and, uh, and adjust the lens of our focus so that we can see clearly. Understand that the establishment is going to seek to refute the word that the Lord is beginning to reveal. And they're going to attempt to silence it. That's exactly what this person who we started off reading right in the middle of what he was saying, actually. His name was Shemaiah. Brother Jeremy, could you read to us uh, verse 25 and 26? Yes. Listen to what, says, listen to what Shemaiah, wait a minute. Listen to what Shemaiah says. Now remember, we're, we're looking at Jeremiah because we're headed forth into the prophecies of Daniel. Daniel was a contemporary with Jeremiah. Daniel lived up underneath these prophetic times, and Daniel uh, draws our attention in chapter 9 to the writings of Jeremiah. We're, we're, we're going to need to understand uh, these writings and understand how to govern ourselves in the midst of this, because two camps began to emerge, and that's what we're going to see. Jeremiah was saying, this is the hand of God. Shemaiah was saying, it's completely the opposite. So there was no middle road. Two camps arose, both preaching two different messages. And Shemaiah became angry. And this is what he said in verse 25 and 26. Did you read that? Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, Because thou hast sent letters in thy name unto all the people that are at Jerusalem, and to Zephaniah, the son of Maisiah, the priest, and to all the priests, saying, The Lord hath made the priest in the stead of Jeho Jehoiada, yes. the priest, that ye should be officers in the house of the Lord for every man that is mad and maketh himself a prophet, that thou shouldest put him in prison and in the stocks. That's incredible. Now listen, here's what happened. We know from the history, and we did Jeremiah about three or four weeks ago, I think it was, we know from history that they came up underneath a captivity, an unexpected event that brought up uh, the church up underneath a captivity. Uh, some 10,000 plus people were taken captive all the way to the nation of Babylon and were brought into the capital city there. And so what was happening was that Nebuchadnezzar, the foreshadow of, of an antichrist figure in a global empire, reaches in and takes the people of God captive, removing the best of the best from Jerusalem pretty much the counselors, the princes, anyone that had skill, um, you know, uh, the artists, uh, the blacksmiths, all them kinds of people, uh, the aristocracy, the royal house, all these people 
amongst their and also their servants and their attendants and stuff like that they all got taken to babylon and so <laughs> what began to happen was it was such a jarring thing that happened to the people of god it was a captivity that came to them daniel was among them ezekiel was among them ananiah Ish, uh, mishael and azariah better known as shadrach meshach and abednego were among them uh, amongst others and they were taken from Jerusalem all the way to Babylon. It was a prophetic event that had been prophesied by Hosea and, and by Amos and by Isaiah. And you know, just go down the list. They had been telling them for years that this was coming. So when the prophetic time came as a result of their own spiritual decline, which opened the door for judgment to come, it began in a phased operation. And so when they when they actually were taken captive and led 800 miles away into Babylon, Shemaiah, who was who was a protege of Hananiah the false prophet, who at one time was a great I, I don't know if he was a great prophet, but he was considered to have a reputation of a prophet. Shemaiah is taken all the way to Babylon, and and he begins to preach to the people there that contrary to what they uh, they were you know, experiencing that the fact of the matter is, is that God was actually going to have this great revival amongst them, and they'd soon be back in the capital city, and it would be happy days are here again. Jeremiah, on the other hand, he begins to uh, have revelation given to him from the Lord that was specific and precise, and he was telling the people the exact opposite. He began to preach that they had entered into prophetic times. Daniel was amongst these. Now, Jeremiah's word from the Lord began to make headway. It began to affect the people. And, and this, is, this is what drove Shemaiah to, uh, to become really jealous of what was happening with the word that was being preached. And so he calls out the leadership in Jerusalem, and he rebukes the pastor, Zephaniah. Now, now, before we get into that, listen, Jeremiah in chapter 29 had sent letters to the captivity. He sent the word to them, and he told the people, you are now engaged in prophecy. You are living in prophetic times, and, and it ain't looking good. It's going to be the way it is. It's been written. It's going to happen this way. So don't start thinking that you're going to be rescued from this thing you need to settle in, and you need to begin to focus and live your life accordingly, understanding that you cannot hold back the prophetic tide of fulfillment that has begun in your generation. And, in fact, this is the hand of the Lord. On the other side, Shemaiah begins to be angry at this kind of preaching because his preaching, along with the other prophets that were in Babylon, including Hananiah in chapter 28, was preaching that was telling the people, you're going to be rescued. As a matter of fact, this whole thing's about to be overturned. You're going to return back to Jerusalem, and you're going to have this great party. It's happy days are here again. And so the two uh, philosophies of understanding, or the two words, were on a collision course during prophetic time. And so Shemaiah's answer to this was to send a letter to the ruling establishment in Jerusalem. And, 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 and he comes against 
the leadership. Let's look at this. Because Jeremiah is rebuking him, by the way. But he says here in verse 25, he says, Because you have sent letters in thy name unto all the people that are in Jerusalem, the letters that Shemaiah sent, he sent to Zephaniah, the son of Maasiah, the priest, and to all the priests. Verse 25. So the first thing that he does is he he begins to to come against the pastors, if you will, <laughs> uh, and and begin to rebuke them for listening to Jeremiah's word, because it wasn't the word of the day. It was completely an antithesis to their mind. They didn't want to hear it. But he was making headway with the preachers, if you want to put it in modern-day language, up underneath these prophetic times. They began to listen to what he had to say, and it became a crisis moment at the high levels of religious leadership. And and so what he does is he tries to assert himself into this and put a stop to it. And he addresses these letters and sends them to the leadership in Jerusalem that were in charge of ministry and taking care of the people. And the first thing he tells them is in verse 26. Can you read verse 26 again, Brother Jeremy? The Lord hath made thee priest in the stead of Jehida the priest, that ye should be officers in the house of the Lord. For every man that is mad and maketh himself a prophet, that thou shouldest put him in prison and in the stocks. It's incredible. First, he accuses him of failing in his leadership for allowing the kind of preaching that Jeremiah was doing to go forth. And then he asserts himself in verse 26 and says, you're supposed to be the guards of the house of God, right? That's what he said, that thou should be officers in the house of the Lord. And so what he first begins to attack them on is he begins to try and work on them and get at their their psyche and say, what is wrong with you? Why are you letting this guy preach? Do you hear what he's saying? That's not what we've been preaching. That's not what we've been teaching. You're supposed to be guarding the people, guarding the house of the Lord. Why are you letting this guy have a pulpit or a platform or even listen to what he's saying? He says, you're supposed to guard the house of the Lord. So I want to tell you something right now. The first thing that we're going to see going forward, and, and, and in earnest, it's going. you're going to see the, the division begin to take place amongst those within the house and the congregation of the Lord who have always viewed prophetic times in one way. But we started the study today talking about how that the angel Gabriel told Daniel that really prophetic times were never meant to be fully understood until those times finally culminate in what is termed in the scriptures the end of times or the end days. And that it's at that time that a fuller revelation would be given according to the word, not apart from it, but digging within the scriptures to see, like Daniel, if those writings are true and how they apply to our times. But what we're being warned about here and what we need to look for, I'm talking to the church right now, is, is you're, you're going to see opposition to what it is God is actually telling the end time church. That's what happened. And what Shemaiah does here is he begins to question the preacher, and he says, you're supposed to be guarding the house. The kinds of doctrines of men that have been interjected into the church over the last hundred years 
have become in many ways accepted theology as if they're doctrines of the word, but really they're speculations of men. And over time, they became almost, if you want to call it, uh, tantamount to, to, to the basic doctrines of the gospel. That's how they present it. And what I'm referencing yeah, uh, right now, it, ahead, where bro. they can't even be challenged. Yes. You know, they can't, they can't even be challenged. That's right. I mean, they get angry, right? <laughs> well, yeah, we're, we're touching their, their sacred cows, or I call them sacred. We've been talking about calves. They're sacred calf, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. And I think that's what we see here in verse 26, right? He sends letters to, to, to the priests, he sends letters to to Jehoiada, uh, Jehoiada, um, the priest who who is guarding the house of God, and 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 what's really outrageous to me, brothers, is this shows how egocentric these ministers are. They were the same then as they are now. Shemaiah is like the false prophets today. I mean, think about it, brother. Shemaiah was in captivity. <laughs> uh. You know, I mean, he's up under captivity, and and he don't get it, and he still thinks that he has some sort of legitimate claim to a position of authority in the house of God when everything he's been preaching for years is crumbling all around him and proving to be false, but he refuses to acknowledge it, and instead he doubles down and tries to assert control over the message that God is bringing out for his people. And he does it first by attacking ministers that would even incline themselves to listen to the kind of word that Jeremiah is bringing forth. He was in captivity, which was really a reflection of his failed ministry, right? And and from his captivity, uh, but in denial, right, uh, he was still coveting the platform in Jerusalem. It's pretty incredible. And, and and he seeks to influence the people, the priests and the people, right? Isn't that what he said in verse 25? He sends back word uh, in the name of the Lord to all the people that are in Jerusalem and to Zephaniah and to the priests saying this, right, which we're talking about what he said. Why are you letting Jeremiah speak? Why are you letting these people hear this kind of a word? And he sought to recapture what God was doing amongst the people. It's incredible to me. Do you see it? <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we've seen those scenarios happen, number one, in denominations, where they send letters to churches, this preacher you can't invite, this, you know. We see yeah. that today in our Christian television. Uh, the Christian television today, they, what you just said, they want to control the message and just you just see for yourself the type of uh whatever you want to call them programs or preachers that they have there it's just not just anybody and 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 whenever you, you said something that, that struck in my spirit when you said the the something to the effect is that the prophetic word of god carries a weight to it <laughs> yes mm-hmm. the, the true word of god carries a hammer brothers and sisters <laughs> And if they don't like it because it touches their, as 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 you brothers have been saying, their sacred calves or 
whatever we want to call them, it, it's, it, it touches that. And whenever you do that, oh, my God, they, you know, they, it, it, the worst of them, it comes out in them. You know, and anytime there's a true word of God, you know, it, it'll begin, you know, it, it, it has an effect on people, whether they mm-hmm. repent or they get worse. But they don't stay the same. Incredible. Very much so. And so here we see him uh, trying to as- assert, which is absolutely uh, reflective of who he really is as a person. See, these these people that, that, that are utterly, that have been weighed in the balance and have been exposed as having absolutely no depth in 2020, these false prophets that have run across the landscape. Some of you who listen to us have no idea what we're talking about when we say that because <laughs> you, you've never really heard these people. But trust me, they influence millions of people across the country and the world. And, you know, if you go back, and, and those of you who have access to YouTube, just Google Prophecies 2020 and, 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 and go look at the list of these guys. That'll, the, there's a little video on YouTube that they all started 2020 with what they said was coming. Right for 2020, not one single one of them talked about what we've seen happen in 2020. Everything was so ridiculous. You know, it's the year of perfect vision. All your visions are going to be fulfilled. It's the year of great prosperity. They say that every year anyway. You know, I mean, it's all this. It's the year, you know, we're marching to Zion. You know, we're going to Washington. We're going to overtake. We're going to have this great revival. That's what they were all saying. Mm -hmm. They're false prophets. He seeks to reorient the people back to his message, right? Because that's what—that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing we're going to see going forward. See, what's going to dawn on these guys at every level, including seminaries, pastors that refuse to understand the times we're living in because it doesn't fit into their little box and their charts that they put on the wall and their all the books they've made countless hundreds of thousands of dollars on purporting a particular direction for the church that is falling flat at their feet and even though they've come up under the heat of prophetic times that are obviously being fulfilled in our time, they cannot or either refuse to see it, acknowledge it. They would rather hold on to their supposed authority within the house of God. And that's what we see Shemaiah doing. Even though he's okay. in captivity, he's trying to assert his authority. Absolutely no discernment. And he brings up a, right. a, a uh, he comes against the man of God who's actually preaching the true word of God. So, and the dilemma, Brother Marty, is, is this, is how the perspective or, or, or what's the message? Because what the false prophets were, were saying is, no, excuse, Jeremiah had, had proposed to them, this may be, of, this was of God, this captivity yeah. was of God. And what they were saying, how could that be? Are you crazy? You know, right. and that's you know we we have to fight with Han and Han and I. I remember when he confronts Jeremiah and says, yeah. you know, uh, that that they would have deliverance from Babylon in two years, and <laughs> two so years. that was the whole thing, right? That yeah. what was at stake. It was the message. One side was saying Jeremiah was saying, look, this is something that has come from God. They were saying, yes. no, how could that possibly? We're God's people, right. you know, we're the apple of His eye, but you know, and. And so forth. Right. So what was at stake was the message. And and I remember, uh, Brother Marty, when we proposed and we told the people on, on in March, you know, that this could mm-hmm. very be very well be a God thing. While yeah. remember the prophets 
were rebuking it and saying we cast it out of this nation, this coronavirus, <laughs> and and so yeah. remember, right? And we spoke about yeah. it. You can listen to this yeah. in March. This is what we said, and we said, but have you considered that maybe God is isn't isn't is in this coronavirus trying to get our attention as as a church? Yeah. And we proposed that. I mean, and it just seemed kind of like, mm. but look at where we're at now. Right. And, and so, again, what my point of, of me saying all of this is that what was at stake? It was the message. One was saying, consider that this is God allowing this to happen. Most of the prophets were saying, no, how could that be? We're a blessed nation. You know, prosperity is coming. God is going to deliver us from our enemies and so forth. That's powerful, brother Jeremy. And but that's that's true. You know, when I think back on it, you know, we received opposition, uh, or we heard others who said that they started sharing our podcast with certain friends or family or whatever uh, early on in the early days, and that people, some people, were like, "Hey, man, that's I don't listen to that kind of stuff. That's too heavy for me." Or, "Ah, oh, that can't be right." You know. Uh, but what are they saying now? You know, <laughs> again, we uh, we're not pointing to ourselves, but what we are saying is, my goodness, um, what we have endeavored to do all this time is is to bring forth what we see in the Word. It wasn't something we had a dream or we, you know, that, that's that's what. Look at look at what Shemaiah did to Jeremiah, and I like what you said because you talked about it. It, it Jeremiah's word was completely the opposite. Of what Hananiah said, and Shemaiah was one of his protégés, you know, that that it, it flew in the face of what all the others were saying. And and so look at how he attacks him. First, he rebukes the preachers for listening to Jeremiah in verse 26. And then he accuses him of being insane. Right? <laughs> he says, for every man that is mad, he called him mad. And uh, that, that word literally means uh, that he's insane, right? That he's lo- that he's lost. <laughs> yeah, he lost, lost his, his mind. He lost, lost his, his marbles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was yeah. questioning his mental capacity, right? Uh, it's it's, it's yeah. quite humorous if it wasn't so sad. But imagine saying Jeremiah is crazy. He's not, you know. The truth of the matter is, is uh, he was he began to attack him on a personal level. And then he goes further and says he makes himself to be a prophet. Mm. Mm. Right? Mm. So he begins to attack his call of God. He said he's not from God. That's literally what he was saying. If you actually look up the word, uh, that whole phrase there, it comes from the Hebrew word nabah. And when you go down into the different de- definitions, what he was actually saying was he's a false prophet. and the And the way he is speaking is not by the Spirit of God. It literally means he's he's not being inspired by God. That's blasphemy, right? That's what he was accusing Jeremiah of. He was accusing him of speaking by some other spirit that he's gone insane because what he's saying is not what we're preaching. It's not what we understand. And so he attacks him personally, questions his calling, which is really interesting because Notice what he didn't do. He didn't address the message in the sense of give me scripture for why you say that Jeremiah is wrong. He didn't do that because he didn't have any. 
He questions his mental capacity. He questions his calling. And then he does something where he says, you know what you should do is put him in prison and chain him to the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. Right. You know, they think that they have a right to control the message. That's what that's where we are right now. Because as you see, yeah. let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Understand what you're seeing in this country. What you see on your news stations and, you know, the fight between Republicans and Democrats and all that stuff. You're looking at a house divided in the natural, in the world. The same thing is happening in the spirit, in the church. You have two competing messages. Go ahead, brother. What were you going to say? Um, yeah, the, it, there's going to be a church that that's going to bring forth a, a message of correction to the apostate, um, you know, church that's, that's completely, completely given over to the spirit of this age. And basically, they're going to be the hindrance between the allegiance that the uh, compromised apostate church is trying to make with uh, political powers. You know, uh, so this is what we're seeing. The kind of message that we're bringing forth uh, it's not going to be embraced by, by the religious establishment because they're finding ways and looking for ways to line themselves up with the world, with political powers, so that they can uh, uh, have this, this you know, uh, peace, so to speak, you know, yeah. between the world and, 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 and the church. That's right. You're not going to find that. That's what, that's what Israel ultimately tries to do. Right, they tried to 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 uh, make an allegiance with Rome, and we know how that turned out. That right, turned and, and, and <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and that was Jesus' message. Basically, he says the kingdom that I'm preaching is not of this world. Mm-hmm. You're not going to you're not going to establish any kingdom here on earth. So basically, that's what you know. The message that's coming forth uh, is declaring the true word of God to a compromised church. Mm-hmm. And again, like Pastor Jeremy said yesterday, we were talking off air. You know, uh, these, these preachers are getting caught in scandal. They're changing their doctrines, inviting people over the world to sing in their churches. You know, they're trying to protect their babies, their ministries, their money makers. Right. Absolutely, they are. You know, I actually, you know, I saw something. I want a big time preacher that he his his base. He has a mega church in Canada. And he's all over TBN and the other networks, uh, God Channel, all those day stars, all that. You see him all the time. He's got programs everywhere. I forget his name right now, but I recognize his face. I was watching a news report the other night where um, this little church in Canada <laughs> was trying to 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 drive up and and uh, and have service with and and <laughs> and the police showed up. Uh, and and blocks the parishioners from going in to have service. And it's just a little church of, you know, like 50, 60 people, maybe 100 at the most. And and so on the other side of town, you have the mega church guy I'm talking about. And he brings a lawsuit and demands that they be allowed to meet. And, you know, he has a few thousand in his church. And he's been gathering, having services in their big giant parking lot with a big old a movie screen and he sits out there with the little pulpit and I guess they have Bluetooth or something and they're in their cars listening to his preaching. Well, the the laws in Canada are so strict right now that they have forbidden churches to meet like that. 
And so this megachurch guy brings a lawsuit to the Supreme Court of Canada or that territory or province, wherever they are. And and look what he did. He <clears throat> He made it a point in his lawsuit to distance himself from the little church down the road. He says, we're not like them. That's what he said. Mm. He wow. says, they're not, he says, they, they, they don't believe the science of the coronavirus. That's what he said, but we do. So, so we should have a right wow. to meet. I don't really care about them. That's what he said. <laughs> and, and so he thought oh, by distancing himself from his supposed brothers and sisters, right? Which as the big church, he should have been defending as well. Instead, he threw him under the bus. And then when the Supreme Court came down with the ruling, I think it was last Friday, they 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 ruled with the state and made that megachurch pastor close his building. And he's no longer wow. allowed to meet. It's incredible, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's telling. It's telling of, uh, it you know, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a microcosm of, you know, what what's going to take place and what is taking place and, and what we see here transpiring uh with jeremiah that's really what you know in essence what's taking place between uh, this false prophet and jeremiah yes right you know he's trying to distance himself from the from the true prophetic word of god that hinders any connection or alliance with the world and with the spirit of the age incredible that's true you know I, I want to comment. How, how is he refuting him? And and this is what what, what you just said. Shemaiah, uh, that that's his name, right? Shemaiah is doing it not by refuting the message he had in the sense by saying, "Look, this is what the word says." He's doing it by attacking the character of Jeremiah and the calling yeah. of Jeremiah, which is something that these you know whenever they're caught in scandal, that's the way they defend themselves, never with the word of God. And I think about it. You know, the message that Jeremiah brought, remember when um, when he has the confrontation, and, and you mentioned that, a few, you know, a, a month or two ago when we spoke on this, when the confrontation between Jeremiah and Hananiah, it's the way that Jeremiah responds to them, uh, responds to uh, this man Hananiah in the, in the midst of the people. When he tells them, nevertheless, hear thou now the word that I speak in thy ears and in the ears of all the people. Look what he says, the prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence. And what I want to bring out from that is something, just echo something. Basically, Jeremiah is saying, I'm not just coming to you with some dream I had, not that we're against, not that we don't believe in dreams, right? Or some vision as these prophets, that, that's all they come with. I had a dream, the Lord spoke to me. Rarely they come with the word. Jeremiah says, I came to you simply not even speaking of my own i'm simply echoing what the prophets right. of old have already established and spoken yes. of. yes even jesus whatever he spoke what did he do he would always quote the prophets of old the, the old testament right. you know so what i wanted to bring out is that this wasn't just a word that came you know jeremiah is saying everything i'm telling you i'm just simply echoing what the prophets have said before me to you and, and, and what's different today with the false prophets, it's mostly a dream, and then they use the word to, to kind of <laughs> fit their their doctrine or fit whatever they're, they're trying to bring out. And so I, I just wanted to bring that out. Shemaiah is not, is not um, trying to uh, go uh, – um, 
he, he's attacking Jeremiah, his character. Yeah, not defeating so. the word that he had. Yes, he, 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 he first attacks his character. Then he attacks his calling. He calls him insane. And he says, which is what you hear in the modern church today, if you come against any of their pet doctrines and try to expose them through the word, they accuse you of being the same kind of person that that Jeremiah was being accused of being. You're speaking by some other spirit, but, but not by the spirit of the Lord. That's what he accused Jeremiah of being, a false prophet. Right? Right. He, right. That's what he says in verse 27. Can you read verse 27 right there? Now, therefore... Why hast thou not reproved Jeremiah of Anathoth, which maketh himself a prophet to you? Incredible. He, he, he's really hitting below the belt here when he says Jeremiah of Anathoth. Because what he's trying to do is minimize the importance of Jeremiah. Jeremiah lived in, in a city called Anathoth. That's where he's from, which was a priestly city. It was a priest where the Levites would hang out. Some believe Jeremiah is the son of Hilkiah, right? He's, he, he's of the priestly class who becomes a prophet. But by saying Anathoth, he's basically saying he's not of our group. He's not as prestigious as us. He's not from Jerusalem or, you know, he, he, he's, he's from Anathoth. That's what he's doing there. He's hitting below the belt. Again, he's diminishing him. He's, he's, uh, you know, he's he's dumping on him, man. I mean, that's what he's doing. And and, uh, and and what got him so mad is what Jeremiah was preaching in, in, in Jeremiah 29. Read that to us, Brother Jeremy, 29, verse 8 and 9. This is what he told the people. In Jeremiah 29, verse 8 and eight, 9. Eight, verse 9. For thus saith the Lord, of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which ye cause to be dreamed, for they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. <laughs> yeah, that's why Shemaiah was so angry. He had himself a good little, you know, deal going on there in, in, in Babylon. You know, he was prestigious. He was still respected from being one of the guys who, who knew Hananiah. He comes from Jerusalem. You know, he's walking amongst the aristocracy that had been taken captive. And he's prophesying that a great revival is coming. And Jeremiah, being led by the Spirit of the Lord, sends the Bible to them because that's what we're reading. He wrote a letter and said, listen, uh, these guys are false prophets. And what they're telling you is wrong. And and they're trying to deceive you. And and they and, and don't don't be listening to these dreams and visions they're always talking about because they're prophesying falsely to you in the name of the Lord. Now what's interesting about this is again, we started off by talking about learning from what happened to them, especially upon us whom we believe the ends of the world have come. These are prophetic times. Don't get lost in, in all the discussion we're having. Understand we're talking about the prophetic times that they were living up under. The shifting of global power, the rise and yeah. fall of empires, all uh, historical accounts of what the Bible tells us are present in our time. And this is why we're looking at it. Because it's vital right now. 
as it is in every generation, really, but especially now, it is vital for us to understand what in the world is going on. And what you're going to find is that you're going to hear and are hearing two competing voices. One, uh, because it can't really refute what's being preached out of the word of God, if they will really get serious about it, they will attack in multiple ways, but really at the heart of it is a desire to hold on to control and, and to continue to be in the forefront uh, of, of the community of the church. See, Jeremiah brought pressure on Shemaiah's ministry. And Shemaiah lashed out, sending letters to Jerusalem like we talked about, because the message of Jeremiah contradicted Shemaiah's prophecies. Did you read verse 28, brother? And this is the issue right here. Chapter 29, verse 28. Yes. For therefore he sent unto us in Babylon, saying, This captivity is long. Build ye houses, and dwell in them, and plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them. See, the, the, message, <laughs> the message was, you're up under prophetic time. Judgment is coming and has begun. And and you ain't going to get out of it, basically, to put it in our time, yeah. right? It ain't going to happen. You, you're yeah. not going to be rescued from this, right? In other words, there ain't no seven-year <laughs> buffet in heaven. Revival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically, Jeremiah said, you want to prosper in these times? And again, we're being you know, we're laughing because it's, it's so like today. And, uh, but, but he's basically saying, you want to be good? then understand that you're going to have to come up under what's happening, yield to what's happening, but do it. <laughs> well, I, I, I think, I think, I think of, of Christians today and they read, they read this, you know, the, the, the old Testament stories and they're like, wow, the old Testament was so crazy. Thank God we're in the new Testament. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's a, it's a shadow. You know, these yes. things happen unto them for our, mm-hmm. and are written for our admonition, for our warning, to whom the ends of the world are come to. Yeah. This is like, a picture of what could, it was a warning, it, you know, the Lord's saying it, it, can, it can take place, but it is now. It, it is. is taking place. And, and 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 this was the issue, right? Because what he addressed, the only part that he addressed was that you better settle in, right? The captivity is long. That's what he was complaining about. It's completely right. opposite of what we've been teaching the people. We're talking about great revival, victory, raptures coming. Don't worry about it. You know, half the half the scriptures don't apply to you. You know, because you're not going to be here anyway. Incredible. Happy days are Net. are here again. It's an right. iron Happy yoke. Days. It's, it's right. an iron yoke, right? It's not. It's not. It's not a one yoke that can be broken, where there's still a chance, you know. No, it, it's uh, it's it's made out of iron. It's sure. You are under this captivity. Do not fight it. Embrace it. Matter of fact, go go grow a family. You know, go grow mm-hmm. some harvest and wherever you're at, and just embrace it. This is it. You know, he's not turning back. That's right. And I think what that, that's just like today what we're talking about, because what the Lord was trying to do was to prepare the people, right? He was telling them, 
uh, it wasn't going to be an early escape here. So settle in. You're going to have to endure. In other words, keep your head low. <laughs> you know, just go about your lives right now. Right. Because any other thing is going to get you in trouble. So when, when Shemaiah attacks him, Jeremiah doubles down. In verse 29 through 31, could you read that to us, Brother Jeremy? 29 through 31. And Zephaniah, the priest, read this letter in the ears of Jeremiah, the prophet. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Send to all, of the, to all them of the captivity, saying, Thus saith the Lord concerning Shemaiah, the Nehlamite, because that Shemaiah hath prophesied unto you, and I sent him not, and he caused you to trust in a lie. Oh, my goodness. He caused mm. you to trust wow. in a lie. Wow. Jeremiah doubled down. See, for those of you brothers and sisters who we love and we pray for you every day, and we know you pray for us, you don't really understand if <laughs> what me and my brothers know about the ministers and the ministries in this hour, but you try and try and teach some of these things behind pulpits in the South, what we're talking to you about in the Bible belt. And we know preachers that would try and kill us for what we're telling you, but Jeremiah doubles down and we're going to need that kind of courage, right? We're going to need that kind of strength. We're not going to like, <laughs> back up from what we're saying right now. Because Jeremiah could have easily said, okay, fine. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. But his heart was for the people because he sent letters back to the people. And what he said was the, the doctrines that Shemaiah has been telling you are a lie. It ain't going to happen that way. Amen. So we need to take instruction from this. Don't think it's going to be easy to go against the generations of false teachings, man. Jeremiah knew that he had heard from the Lord concerning his times. He knew it. Remember, he told Hananiah, like Brother Jeremy was saying, my theology isn't from some kind of a dream or a vision or some impression of my mind. He told them, my authority comes from the word of God. That's what Brother Jeremy quoted to us. The prophets that have been before me and before you. He says, that's where I'm drawing my theology from. For those of you who know we're hardcore Bible students here, because that's all we do is talk about the Bible from the Scripture here uh, and try to do, right? I mean, that's what we do. We go right from the Word because this is our anchor. This is our protection. This is our guide. Like Brother Jeremy quoted the other day in Psalm 105, I think it is, you know, thy Word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It's the Word of God. That's what Jeremiah threw down on. And I love the fact that he wrote back to, <laughs> to the people over there and said, don't listen to this fool. You don't need to be listening to these guys anymore. Seriously. He said, the Lord didn't send him, and he's caused you to trust in a lie. He's created a whole doctrine that's going to get you uh, a false expectation. And when it doesn't happen, it'll shipwreck your faith. Incredible. Wow. Jeremiah said, I've learned from history. Not some, you know, temperature gauging, wind driven prophet, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> but prophecy based on the written word of Almighty God. That's yeah. what he said, right? The prophecies of old. Brother Jeremy, could you read verse, uh, let's see, what is it? Verse uh, 31 to verse 31 again to us. Yes. Send to all them of the captivity, saying, Thus saith the Lord concerning Shemaiah the Nehalamite, because that Shemaiah hath prophesied unto you, and I sent him not, and he caused you to trust in a lie. So again, right, he doubles down and, and he boldly reiterates the truth. And, and then, you know, in verse 31, he's basically exposing him as a false prophet. The Lord is not with him. He didn't send him. And his theology is one that has caused you to trust in a lie. That's intense, brothers. See, that's what I think is taking place right now yeah. in many circles. You know, they're doubling down on their false doctrines. Right. They're getting aggressive. I mean, for those of you who pay attention to this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> They're getting aggressive. Right. And and it, it doesn't it seem like every other week they have a new prophecy to, to adjust from the one they just gave us a week before? <laughs> yeah. Because, they're prophe- because because basically Shemaiah, he's a he's a deceiver. Yeah. And and I think it's interesting that you know, again, uh, going back to Matthew 24, when they asked uh, Jesus about the three questions about the end of time, the sign of times, the very first thing that he warns us again is the very thing we're talking about. Let Be not deceived. He didn't say earthquakes. He didn't say wars, rumors. The very first thing that he said is be not deceived. That is the greatest sign of the days that we are living in the end of time, what we're talking about. What you're saying, it, that's what's moving today. And that's the very thing that Jesus himself warned us about, be not deceived. That's that's exactly right, brother. So then Jeremiah yeah, takes... And, and think about the climate, brother, that Jeremiah is in. Um, mm-hmm. The people are under captivity. Uh, the Babylonians, uh, you know, are, are, are the tool God is using for judgment um, upon his people. Uh, but so we know that's going on, but look at the, the, the back and forth that's going on. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a spiritual fight between a religious leader of the nation, right? Mm -hmm. And the true prophet of God, what are they contending over? And so you would think Jeremiah has a word from the Lord and you would think that, well, we're under Babylonian captivity, so the word that Jeremiah has is for Babylon. No. Right. right. <laughs> he has a word for the false prophets. Yes, right. He's like, look at here. This is very simple. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to get straight to the chase, straight to the point. What is taking place in our nation? The captivity, the judgment of God is squarely your fault. It's, it, it lays on your shoulders. The, the blame. I get That's the right. The blame is on you. Now, now, mm-hmm. what does the false prophet say? No, that this is not a judgment of God, right? That 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 the Lord is in it for us in our faith. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, yes. so let's bring it to today. The word that is coming forth from the true servants of the Lord, I believe, is that the reason this pandemic is hit is because 
God's people have rebelled against him and and have committed a great sin. Now, we know the nation of America has committed a great sin, but the pulpits in America have committed a greater sin right, yeah. because of the compromise. So now what what's going to happen here is the, the preachers are going to have to change their theology and their teaching to 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 say to God's people that no, the pandemic is not a judgment of God. Mm-hmm. They might just say it's a judgment for the nation, but it's not a judgment of God uh, towards the church in America. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Somehow, yeah. somewhere, they're going to try to make it seem like they're not at fault, and that regardless of what happens, they're going to double down on their prosperity theology. God is still with us. And he's going to continue to prosper us. Incredible. So that's the pattern repeating we, itself, can, right? <laughs> yeah. Can, can we say so? When we look at the captivity of Babylon in the days of Jeremiah, Babylon was being used as a rod of correction, and then yeah. we see uh, God exposing the deceivers, the false prophets, to bring correction. Now, what is what 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 about us? the believers, right? Those, you said something. Uh, how do we govern ourselves in these times? That's the right. proving. That's the testing for the believer today is how we are going to govern ourselves. So we, again, Babylon is that rod. And then we see the God exposing, you know, the, the false prophets, you know? And then what, what, how does it pertain to us is we are being tested. How will we govern ourselves in these times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's that's precisely it. I mean, it's, see, I have I've thought about this quite extensively, actually. There's a part of me, you know, of course, like all of us, just from an American standpoint, and and again, you know, we've traveled the world, so this is the greatest freest nation on the face of the earth. But it was a nation that was built upon the principles of the word of Almighty God. And that's why it's right. endured to this point. But when the nation itself began to drift away from God, and then it, it actually filtered all the way down into the congregations so that what emerged out of that kind of compromise was a visible public church in the in the public square that didn't at all reflect what the Bible said a church was supposed to look like. We turned our pastors into into celebrities. We created talk shows instead of prayer closets. You know, I mean, we we uh, you know we 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 have Christian cruises and Disneyland Day and you know the mega churches. You know, we have we have gyms for 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 our guys to work out in and Christian so-called yoga. At, at church, I mean, you said, Brother Mario, you just sound like some intense killjoy. No, man, uh, not at all. My point is we've adapted mm-hmm. the world into the church and call it Jesus Christ, when the truth of the matter is the gospel has never changed. It is still a, a bloody cross on a windswept hill 2,000 miles away from us, wherever you're located, and 2,000 years ago where our Savior paid the price for our sin and delivered us from the power of darkness and and the and the Father himself for all who believe has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. 
And then the early church was born up under the heat of prophetic times of their day. And the fires of those times refined what the real church was to look like and then brought it through. And it has endured precisely because it held to the tenets and the doctrines of the holy prophets and apostles and the teachings of the Lord himself. But when those began to be compromised, especially when you come into the reflection of the nation which the United States is, the freest nation on the face of the earth, founded on, on Judeo-Christian principles, whether they like to admit that or not anymore, it, it, you know, the, the Constitution itself says so. We've been endowed with our Creator, by our Creator, with certain unalienable rights. In other words, they're not arguable. They've been given to us by God, they said. That is the, the right mm -hmm. to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. So don't tell me our documents weren't founded by, by, by people who believed in God. Right. They were. And so when we see the, the, the compromise that has entered in, it, 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 the, the, it was almost like a managed decline in what used to be one standards of, you know, of, 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 of a call to be separate and to reflect the light and the purity of the gospel, it, it became so watered down that we don't even know what the word says anymore. So when we talk about the kinds of things that we've been talking to you about for the last nine months, in many cases, those who first come across us think we're these heavy dudes who just, you know, <laughs> we just fire and brimstone and all that kind of stuff. No, man, God is working on all of us, you know, so we don't set ourselves up as some sort of, you know, holier than thou paragons of virtue, man. The Holy Spirit is turning up the heat of refining fire in all our lives, and prophetic times do that. And so, yeah. right. So, so in the in the midst of these times, this is what we see happening. We see a new message, which is really the same message, because we're talking to you from the Word of God. And what we're seeing here, like Brother Jeremy talked about, which was, you know, how do we govern ourselves in these times? Well, what did Jeremiah say? He said, you know, build houses, plant gardens, and eat the fruit thereof. I think he's talking about prepare. That's what he's saying. Prepare and settle in because you ain't getting out of here. And this guy, this theology that tells you that, that this captivity or this prophetic time is going to be short and you're soon it'll be over, he says he's caused you to hope in a lie. And he doubled down, just like you were saying, Brother Fernando, so well. He goes on to pronounce judgment on the ministry because you said, whose fault is it really? <laughs> it falls right. right at the doorstep of the pulpit, right? And that's what he did in verse 32. Could you read that, Brother Jeremy, verse 32? Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will punish Shemaiah the Nehalamite and his seed. He shall not have a man to dwell among mm. his people. Neither shall he behold the good that I will do for my people, saith the Lord, because he hath taught rebellion against the Lord. That is absolutely astounding. Yeah. This is, you know, this is how very serious, incorrect prophetic interpretation really is. Especially during the time when prophecy is being fulfilled. That's why it's so dangerous. Because how Jeremiah revealed it from the Spirit of the Lord is you're teaching them the exact opposite of what the Word of God reveals. Mm. 
and at the precise moment that they need guidance, direction, and answers for the times. You're fighting against it, you're preaching false doctrines, and you're creating a false hope within these people who you've led all these years who have no discernment that what you're doing is a lie. This is rebellion against what God has established. See, once prophetic times arrive, and they have, the unfolding of them, Jesus called it, said it this way. He said <laughs> that the scriptures might be fulfilled. That's how he said it when it came to, you know, I, I kept all my apostles except for one of them. He said that the scriptures might be fulfilled. He says it many times that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When, when the time where prophetic scriptures are being fulfilled enters into the designated generation that sees it, anything contrary to that is rebellion against God. Any kind of preaching that is out of step with what's actually happening, and I tell you what, if that isn't sobering to anybody who dares open the Holy Word of God and talk about it, then I don't know what is, because it scares me to death. I'm constantly checking what we teach you. I'm constantly checking yeah. what we say. <laughs> you know, because you know, because we 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 don't want to be off here, and that's why sometimes we we'll hedge our bets, right? You know, and we'll say, hey, mm -hmm. you know, we're not saying thus saith the Lord, but we think, you know, or we we perceive this based on what we're seeing. Go ahead, brother. What were you gonna say? Oh, we should. No, you're you're, you're right. right. You're right, brother. You you. I remember you know as a, a younger man, and you told me, uh, much younger man. He told me, you know, the true man of God is always reluctant to to declare the word initially, to declare the word yeah. that God has given him. He says, any pretender seeks out a pulpit and to be heard. He <laughs> says, <laughs> right? And it always yeah. stuck with me because, you know, I mean, I mean, we'd go back 10 years, we'd have conversations like, man. You know, a lot of the stuff that's being taught out here, it's, 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 it's not right, you know, and we always spoke about, like, you know, the Lord would begin to share things with us, and, and we knew it wasn't time yet. And many times we were reluctant, you know, yeah. but now, at this particular time where prophecy is being fulfilled, we have no choice in the matter. Yes. And I think that's what you were pointing out here is that, Ultimately, this is what it's coming down and, to, and that's how this whole podcast came about. You know, we we, we spoke amongst each other, said, "Man, if we don't do this, then woe is us." <laughs> we got to warn the people, right? And, Absolutely. Uh, so that's that's the attitude, like you said, that we take as ministers of the Lord. We check ourselves first. We 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 seek the Lord. We don't, you know, we we don't <laughs> we, we don't just do this and take this lightly. It's it's very serious and grave the situation that's at hand. You know, yes. it, it's very serious. I'll throw I'll throw out one other thing. You know, concerning uh, you know what what Jeremiah prophesied concerning the house of of this false prophet that he that he was prophesying to. Um, think about let, let's talk about California here, and and all the mandates that are very very strong against churches. You know, and there's one particular case here uh, uh, with one one of the mega church preachers out here that he's on television and the news constantly, um, where he's standing up against the governor. And I asked myself the question, you know, given what we've read here and how God used Babylon 
right, as a, a tool of his, uh, of, of his anger uh, to judge his people, to wake them up, could it be that God is using leaders in government as his tools and he's allowing these strong mandates to close down our churches to tell us that he is displeased what we have done wow. with with what we have done. Could it yeah. very well be that that's the case? Yes. I so think if it they... is, if it is God, why are we fighting this? Right. And that, and you do not want to be fighting God. That's where that's we right. don't want to be. That's kind of where we're at, right? It's like, is this, is this God allowed? God intended, yeah. or should we fight against it, right? And right. all the evidence we're seeing, in particular in this case, in this story, it was that God was allowing this, and Jeremiah's like, uh-uh, uh, you guys better not fight this. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, get used to it, settle down, you know, lay low, because uh, this is what God has allowed to happen yeah. to our nation because uh, of you. Let- because of you, the, the you 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 false prophet. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And and, uh, and and that's a good place to close right there. I think, uh, Brother Jeremy, could you read that to us in in, in Jeremiah twenty nine verse four through seven uh, as we as we close for today? We've gone a little bit long, but I think it's a, an interesting uh, discussion and and one that's very necessary as as we head into the final two weeks of the year, two and a half weeks of the year, into twenty twenty one. Uh, it's a chief component to what we need to understand, I believe. And, and I believe the Word of God is showing us this. Daniel directed our attention to his writings, that is, Jeremiah's writings, and, and that is what we're doing as we head into uh, further exploring the shift of power and the reset that's just ahead of us, quite possibly. We're seeking divine instruction for these times, and that's what Jeremiah gave to the people. Jeremiah 29, uh, verse 4 through 7. Could you read that, Brother Jeremiah? Yes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Build ye houses, and dwell in them, and plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives, and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons. And give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried away captives. And pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. Incredible. This is our divine instruction right now, I believe, going forward. Things are changing rapidly. Uh, the freedoms we, we have known are being contested over. Uh, bottom line, in the next several months and years, uh, all of them are, are going to eventually be stripped away because this is the scripture. But for the interim period, as we see, uh, what Jeremiah was telling them is, understand, you have entered you are a generation that has entered into biblical fulfillment of prophecy not every generation has that happen i mean (laughs) 
once Jerusalem was destroyed in AD 70, it was a thousand, uh, was it 30, 1,978 years later or something like that, uh, in 1948, they, they recaptured Jerusalem and we had entered into a generation of biblical fulfillment. The, the ensuing years were basically, you know, wars of, of crusades and, you know, all that kind of stuff that happened. But by and large, um, you know, the actual prophetic scriptures as we're discussing them now have been silent until the Jews came back into their land. So what we're saying is that we've come up under prophetic times. We are a generation witnessing prophecy fulfilled right before our eyes. And Jeremiah gave them this instruction. In verse 4, he wanted them to understand, like Brother Jeremiah, I mean, Brother, <laughs> Brother Jeremiah, uh, Prophet Jeremiah, Brother Fernando, and Brother Jeremy were saying, um, this is God. That's what he said in verse 4. I've caused you to be carried away. This is my doing. So what he wants them to understand, first and foremost, is that God is under control. Don't ever forget yeah. that, brothers and sisters. That's what he was trying to say by saying that. I'm under control. This is in my hand. And then he goes on to tell them in verse 5 and 6, right? Live your life. In this understanding, and you'll you'll increase and not diminish. Live your life wisely. I mean, we could break it down spiritually. He says, build houses. What does that mean? Construct places in the spirit of shelter for you and your family. How do I do that? By prayer. Build a house, a habitation for God, in your home, in your hearts, in your minds, right? Uh, and, and dwell there. Plant gardens. You know, that, that speaks of, of, of understanding that you're in a season of time here and you're going to need to make provision for you and your family and you'll bear fruit. So live your life in this understanding and you will increase and not diminish. That's what he says in verse 6. You'll increase up under these times. And then, <laughs> you know, he says, seek the peace of the city. Basically what he's saying is, is pray, uh, but lay low. Right? <laughs> Basically, just keep your head down. And this, that's what I started out saying a while ago was this is where I struggle. Because there's times where I feel this great swelling emotion. Yeah, we got to fight this. We got to resist this. You know, these people, we can't let them. Yeah. You know, there's that, there's that, you know, that macho part of us, right? That hombre, right? Let's, let's uh, you know, go down right. into the arena and all that, you know, because we're men. And, and, and yet we must. Be very carefully listening to God. Because remember what Jesus said, brothers and sisters, that the times would be of such a unique thing that a, a, a deceptive quality about them would be prevalent in the air. And he said, and if it's possible, he said, the very elect could be deceived by the times. Yeah. But if we, right? But if we take the instruction that Jeremiah has given us as we go forward, now, in these days, and, and continue to, to, to explore the word, you know, we took a brief detour today. But what we learn is precisely to understand that prophecy, the prophetic scriptures, and the plain sense of the word, in, including the, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the keeping of the word within, uh, will guide us and our understanding and our interpretation of the word. All of it must be uh, the tools to guide us in our time, as it was in Daniel's time, as it was in Jeremiah's time. Daniel saw the fall of one global empire 
and he came into a global reset. He understood his times. He conducted himself accordingly. Same pattern is repeating itself and being fulfilled in our day. The global reset of his day was one that rewrote global law. That's what we started out talking about today. It was designed to expose Daniel, a foreshadow of the end-time church. This is what we see next in the days ahead, and we have to understand this and, and, and strive in that understanding to have a Daniel-like testimony, to be faithful, to have no error, to be without fault. That's a high standard, man, you know. But it's one that the Holy Spirit will lead us to. See, the Bible tells us that he that has begun a good work in us will watch over it to perform it, and that it is the Spirit of the Lord uh, and, and that works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure and purpose. You have to listen to what the Spirit is saying for yourselves, your families individually, as we do ours. But the preeminent and final in the final analysis, our guide is not a dream, a vision, or the blowing of the wind. Our guide are the stories of the scriptures and the prophecies that are being fulfilled in our time come with them, with those fulfillments, uh, instructions in the word of God of how to conduct ourselves. Jeremiah wouldn't compromise. Daniel would become a living testimony, and the Lord delivered him. Remember, as we're going to look at it tomorrow, he didn't deliver him from the den of lions. He delivered him in it. The Lord said, I do not pray that you would take my disciples out of the world, but that you would deliver them from the evil. So Lord willing, tomorrow as we continue our journey, as we search the word for the light we need in our times, uh, we look forward to what is ahead of us. And, and I, I think bottom line, like we've been discussing today, basically, you know, we're, we're, we're seeking God for his guidance and directions, especially in these prophetic times. And, and it's very sobering, absolutely. And it's frightening to this extent that we're unsure, unstable. Anything is, is possible at this point. Anything could be happening. Everything is hanging in the balance. But bottom line, we believe that the Lord Jesus is soon to return, whether that's you know, a couple of months from now or several years from now. It really doesn't matter. What matters is that the only thing that any one of us is guaranteed is our is our next breath. And even that really is a guarantee. The breath that we just breathe, we've breathed, we've breathed it. But everything, whether whether it's in the next few days and years or whether it's the last breath we take, one way or another, we're going to stand before God, and we need to rely upon his spirit to help us, because we all need it, trust me, and to collectively come together as a community of fellowship and prayer with our families and our loved ones, and encourage one another. As the Bible said, we quoted it yesterday, especially as we see the days approaching. Even so, come quickly, Lord. That's our prayer, right? <laughs> In Jesus' name. Brother Jeremy.
Amen. You know, uh, I'll leave the audience with the question that was posed at the beginning of this podcast. How will we govern ourselves in these times? Let us meditate. I think we found the answer, at least some of the answer here in in Jeremiah, in verse 4 through 7 of chapter 29. And, uh, And we can glean there's some of the things that I've said, and I know God will speak to your life. Preparation is necessary to face what's coming ahead of us. We pray you've been blessed today as we have been. We pray that something that has been said today will bless you, will encourage you, will challenge you, will exhort you in some shape or form. And I pray that you join us tomorrow. Lord willing, we'll come back to you tomorrow, Friday as we end the week and um, look forward to the weekend, whatever's coming our way. But I pray that you join us tomorrow. Don't forget to tell somebody, invite somebody, uh, whoever God puts in your heart to invite and let them hear uh, what God is humbly saying in these podcasts. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And as always, keep looking up.